This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Jill McIntosh, our automotive expert, gives us some insight on how they're going wrong with electric, how they're going wrong with trucks. Did you know there's only two types of gas and it gets mixed right in the pump? We didn't either. That's in there too. Plus, some of the cool cars that Jill's been driving lately, including a Honda pickup. Blink Kylo takes a look at video games, big changes to Twitter, and what you need to know about Amazon sidewalk and your privacy. And are you okay with the Stanley Cup going back to Montreal? Not because they want it, only because Tampa Bay broke it. It's all in the Shift Daily Podcast. To are you okay? Are you okay with Happy Meals? You sounded very sad for someone asking about Happy Meals. That's what I mean. Oh, <laughs> a joke. I I enjoyed Happy Meals at one time. I I had a a Transformer Happy Meal toy that stayed with me for a good like six years. Loved that really? thing. Yeah, well, oh yeah, it was point. a great toy. Was that? Does anybody actually keep the toy longer than two minutes? Well, the whole well, nowadays, cell is the toy, though, right? I guess the whole cell of the whole meal is just the toy. I just don't think people keep the actual toy. Like, you get the toy, the toy's there, they play with it on the way home, and then you find it under the car seat three months later. And it's usually I mean, a you fight, are the too. Dad here. Well, it's a fight, and it's like, I gotta have the toy, get the toy, the toy, you don't love me. And then it's like you keep the toy. You're like, you got to eat your burger. Once you've done your burger, then you can have your toy now. And then you give the toy and it's the big fight is over. And then it's garbage. And to be honest, the toy was always a cheapened version of a real toy. It was not. It was It's never, it was never the actual That's toy. Because I used to collect little NASCAR die casts when I was a little eight-year-old. And then they had one in a Happy Meal and it was like this plastic thing that fell apart. You know, the parents that have it mastered, by the way, are the ones that like they're in Costco or something like that or Walmart and the kids freak out and they're walking around the store and the parents purposefully stall and slow down. And then you'll find like this pink little stuffed bear sitting on top of the canned tomatoes. And you know exactly what happened. That parent walked along and when the kid wasn't paying attention, took the toy, put it down, walked away and the kid never brought it up again. Expert parenting right there. It's beautiful. While Ryan says the best part of McDonald's Happy Meals is the toy, McDonald's toys are surging in popularity, though. How about that? With rare Pokemon cards given out in the meals, reselling for hundreds of dollars, now there are Space Jam toys. One kid in Maine got a toy they were not asking for, though. Police have charged two Maine people with drug crimes, after a mother complained that she found a medication used to treat opioid use disorder in her son's Happy Meal at McDonald's. Uh, here's more from NBC News. Police say this happened at the McDonald's on Center Street in Auburn. Shirley Marchessa said she looked in her son's Happy Meal and saw four white packets. Those packets contained Suboxone. It's an opioid that is frequently used to help people who are struggling with substance abuse start to wean off some of the stronger drugs like heroin. Investigators scoured through hours of surveillance video and determined this whole thing was an accident. They say the strips were in an employee's shirt pocket. When he bent over to get something from behind the counter, the prescription strips and a pen fell into the Happy Meal box. Shirley says she's happy she found those strips first. I was really upset and I was really mad. Um, 
like I said, I don't know why drugs would end up in a kid's Happy Meal. If that was a younger kid, that could have been dangerous. Now, here's why they're facing charges. Auburn police say a different employee illegally gave those Suboxone strips to the one who accidentally dropped them into the Happy Meal. Yikes. Wow. I don't think, I think that'd have... be more like a droopy meal. <laughs> That's not good if the kid gets it, man. Two people expect to be in court in November. It was unclear on Wednesday if two people had retained attorneys yet. I would suggest it might be a good step. Just saying. Okay. This is this is a sensitive topic. Yeah. Very sensitive. So we've got to be gentle and aware of everybody's feelings as we bring it up. Thank you. Are you okay? Are you okay with the Stanley Cup? <laughs> I don't think it I should is go a, first. A, <laughs> it is the best trophy in sports, okay? Regardless of who owns it at the time, it is the best-looking trophy in sports. It's the coolest mm-hmm. one to watch people celebrate with, mm-hmm. aside from if it, those people celebrating are the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love the Stanley Cup, and I touch. Well, I got to touch it at the Hockey Hall of Fame, and I was like, "Nice, it's pretty sweet." Uh, Ryan O'Donnell is a Habs fan, so this is a very sensitive topic. Still, it's still pretty new. Uh, Brendan Kelly, sorry, you had something to wanted to say there. Well, I was going to say it's the nicest of the major sporting trophies. I mean, it's the one. Like, think of the other sports. You can't really think of what they win. Like, the Stanley Cup is so iconic, and it's just so big. It's the nicest of the professional sports trophies that you get at the end of the year. Like, what yeah, do they even win in baseball? Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's a little bit battered and bruised, right? It's handsome. It's a handsome trophy. That's what it is. Well, some good news, if you are a big fan of the Stanley Cup, it's coming home, broken, and very bruised, by a bunch of people in Florida. That's not a surprise. A bunch of people, that's the line? (laughs) Yes, that's the line. (laughs) Uh, Not the Stanley Cup winners in Florida, just a bunch of people. Ryan wrote this, jaded Habs fan. Uh, The Cup is returning to Montreal, because that's where it needs to go to get fixed. The bowl of the 128-year-old cup was dented to the point it looked like a flat Stanley Cup. It looks kind of like, like an oval now with a big old dent in it. Global's Dan Spector has the report. Hockey reporter Joe Smith shared this photo of the greatest trophy in sport with a huge dent. Disrespectful, I would think. The Hockey Hall of Fame confirmed to Global News that was indeed the real cup that is presented to the winning teams on the ice and that it's now on its way to Montreal to be fixed. This pair is offering up its services. Probably uh, a beanbag, sandbag with rubber mallets. It's far from the first time the cup has been damaged. Some say the winners can do what they please. And I think anything can be fixed and the lads had fun with it. But some pundits disagree. And it should be like... Like dropping a casket or something, you know, like people should be down on their knees praying for forgiveness from the hockey gods that we damaged the cup. Though the precise work on this out-of-shape cake pen is a worthy audition, the cup might be more likely to find its way to this building in Old Montreal, home to Boffy Promotions, the silversmith shop where Louise Saint-Jacques works. Louise started in 1988 in Graven, and her family has been doing it for four generations now. 
She is the only person in the world who engraves the winners' names on the cup each fall. Buffy did not answer our calls or door knocks on Tuesday. If the NHL is looking for fresh talent, though... Well, I think we can add some silver to it and uh, rebuild it better than yeah. it was. Global News asked the NHL who would actually be repairing the cup and where, but all they would confirm was that it had been transported to Montreal and that the Stanley Cup celebration tour would not miss a beat. Okay. Now, I'm going to make Ryan read these last two lines because they sound very judgy, and I think it sounds better coming from a jaded Habs fan. Sure. Gladly. Um, you know what's really funny is that these lines are direct from an article. I didn't write this. <laughs> this mm. is from a global article. Fake news. Forwards. Okay, I'm going to say it a little smug. Like I'm going to add a little theatrics to this, okay? Forwards Alex Killorn and... Nikita Kucherov took to the water, circling boats and cruising along the riverbank on a jet ski. Slackers. Playoff MVP Andre Valislevsky play put the Con Smythe trophy on his head like a hat, much to uh-huh. the delight of drenched spectators soaked by the rain and champagne sprayed by players. As that beautiful trophy was obliterated by the true essence of florida oh florida what a special place you are the irony that when the stanley cup is won by tampa bay goes to florida falls down gets a dent no longer is round is now oval on the top And the only place they can send it to get it fixed is back to Montreal. It hurts, man. It hurts my soul. That stings. That absolutely stings. (laughs) Oh, we got time for one more. Are you okay? Of course. Um, Are you okay with ice cream? Soft ice cream. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love soft ice cream. Dairy Queen soft? Mm. Is that what you're talking about? Soft serve. Oh, yeah, soft serve. Soft serve. Yeah, 100%. I got to give a shout out to the um, buffet at Casino Niagara because they have a soft serve machine that Mm -hmm. uh, you serve yourself. So sometimes we would just go, not even for anything else at the buffet, just for the soft serve machine and just continually. Could you mix the the, the swirl? And you could mix too, yeah. It was amazing. I love it. I love it. All right. Have you ever had the desire to make your bowl of craft dinner better? Well, maybe put your hot dogs or beans or pico de gallo on top. But what if you could make it or ketchup? You forgot ketchup, dude. That's how you make craft dinner better. You put ketchup on top. Like, sorry, there's the bias. I don't like ketchup on craft dinner. <laughs> dude, you're not, you're not allowed the to. There's unintentional f- bias going through. <laughs> oh, put ketchup on top. Boy, a little bit of pepper. But what if you could make it even better, your craft dinner? With ice cream. Hmm. New York City-based treat maker Van Louis Lewin. Yeah, that's I have no idea. I think, Unveiled nope, its Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Ice Cream this week. Yes, it's real Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Ugh. Ice Cream. More from KVU News. Complete with some awkward news anchor banker banter because, hey, TV people. 
Today is National Mac and Cheese Day, and what there's a new the sweet treat. World? This new sweet treat's going to help you celebrate. Kraft is making mac and cheese flavored ice cream. Sounds disgusting. <laughs> oh, it does. But I don't know. To each their own. The brand posted this on Instagram yesterday and said that it is 100% real. Mm. No word yet on when the dessert will be available. You're three and a half months late for April Fool's Day, people. <laughs> yeah, isn't that bizarre? That is disgusting. I mean, maybe the savory and, mm-hmm. you know, sweet yeah. I like the combination. Optimism. I like that. You know, yeah. who knows? Yeah. I don't know. If you can think it, it's out there. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's what I say. <laughs> Thanks, <Bob. laughs> <sighs> Nothing makes us happier than this Kraft macaroni and cheese ice cream. If this reminds you of the ice cream you grew up with, you might be out of your mind. Uh, <laughs> if this reminds you of the comforting bowl of Kraft macaroni and cheese you grew up with, you're getting warmer because we did make this ice cream with that buttery, sweet, iconic cheese, you bet. That's how they advertised it. So it can't be 100% real then, because we can all agree, and I love Kraft Dinner, that ain't real cheese. That's true. I want to try it. Can't be. I know it'll be terrible, but I'm it's so real. curious. Is it cool. orange? Like, the ice cream must be orange. It, it, look at it. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's Kraft Dinner yellow. Oh, That's right. how I describe it. A very unique very color. This is the Shift Podcast. We've been talking about electric cars quite a bit here on the Shift lately, and what a better person to dig into some of this conversation uh, is with Jill McIntosh. Uh, she is a auto journalist and has been for uh, a very long time. Very good. One of my favorite humans that we get to talk to here on the Shift. Hey, Jill. How you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you very much. I know that over the last 15 months, uh, your car blogging has seen its own challenges because of, you know, you can't travel to car shows and whatnot. But a a lot of automobile writing has been going on over the last bunch of weeks. Does it feel good to be driving in new cars all the time? Well, it's it's a job, but it's a lot of fun. And it's quite interesting because I get to see what everything is um, and what they're like on the road, as opposed to just, you know, seeing the ads or or hearing somebody talk about it. It's it's kind of cool that if someone says, well, you know, what's this car like? Well, I've driven it. Uh, So Mm. I can tell you. I like that. I, um, we have done a bunch of work here on electric cars of late and, you know, we got into the politics, the battery and the, the, the fuel credits. That's not why I'm, I'm asking you, but in the thread of that topic though, electric cars, we also said are so much fun. It is mind blowing. I had a Prius. I loved my Prius, but I don't know if I would buy a second one. It served its purpose. And I don't know if I would go back to it. I had a little Prius C. So you've done some working around these, these electric cars, but it's one thing to go buy one because you're curious. It's another one to buy a second electric car. Um, what are you seeing out there? Well, it, it's again, it's tough to say because they are relatively new, and and we're we're sort of going back to the days where uh, you know people went from a horse to a car, and they never went back to the horse. Now, mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, most people who who are in an electric car are probably on their very first one, and I, the people I've talked to would they buy another one? I I don't know yet. And we've seen surveys that say that uh, you know a certain number of them are going back to gasoline. Um, generally, what I find people say when they have an electric car, they love it so much. Uh, they love the way it drives. They love the silent, uh, and, and I do too. When I get to drive them, I, I love them. And they, they just have no desire to go back to gasoline. 
But there are some issues, uh, the major one being, where do you plug it in? And and for a lot of people, especially, you know, people who live in condos or or apartments or, or places that have street parking, that's that's a major issue for them. Well, yeah, and you got to go back to your condo board and say, by the way, so then all of a sudden your your condo fees and reserve fund goes up because the board votes to put in all of this electrical service in your building. I mean, as one example, holy costs that would go up for condo owners. And that would really suck if you didn't own an electric car. Uh, we had a, a, a listener of The Shift who called in and who had said, you know, had one of those uh, Ford hybrids and yep. loved it. You know, got another one, never had problems with batteries. And, you know, he was sort of all in on the notion. It was really cool to hear his story as he had shared his, you know, his, his experience with that. I rented one by accident when I was in Washington, D.C., and the fuel economy was mind-blowing in that little Ford. So, you know, there certainly are some benefits there, and the torque is a lot of fun. Now, you also had a um, an article. If we're going to talk about electric, let's talk about gasoline. This was cool. Fun facts about fuel. That we may not have known, and I, it's funny because we're 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 at a place where we've had gasoline vehicles for so incredibly long. Most of us don't even know how it works. When you wrote that piece, what were you? What was your biggest takeaway? Because I have one, and I'm excited to ask you about it. Uh, about uh, about fuel. Well, the, yeah, the fun the facts. Thing, yeah, the fun facts is um, it, it, it's just it's one of those things where if you um, if you if you don't actually get out and 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 learn about it, we we just take it for granted that uh, you know what whatever we're uh, whatever we're pumping into the car. Well, it's it's just how much is it going to going to cost me? That that's that's the main thing that we're looking about. But some of the some of the things, the fun facts I I, I found was um, I mean one of them that I find fascinating is that. Uh, your your pump will have three grades, but uh, the gas station only stocks two. Yes. And uh, one one tank under the ground is is full of the of the, uh, the regular grade. The other one's full of the highest one. And if you pick pick the middle one, you know, which is usually eighty nine, the pump mixes them. So <laughs> I think that's really cool. Or I had uh, no idea. Yeah. Or or you're you're filling up your tank and. It, once it's full, the pump shuts off, and wow, that it's like magic. Well, what it is is there's a there's a if if you actually look in it, and I, okay, don't don't put your face up right to it because that's not a good idea. <laughs> it's not but, good. It, but if you but if you look in the nozzle, you'll see this little tiny pipe in it, and the when when your tank is filling up, the air that's displaced out of the tank goes up this tube, and once. Uh, once it fills up and there's no more air coming out, that's what triggers the switch to, to shut it off. So, you know, all, all of this is, is really cool. Or when you look at, a, when you look at uh, fuel, it's always like $1.30.9. It's always nine-tenths of a cent. Right. And, and it, you look at that, well, nine-tenths of a cent. Why is that? Well, it's because when, when, ta- when fuel taxes first came in in the 1930s, gas was what, a dime, 10 cents a gallon. And nobody wanted to, when they put the tax on, well, you could, nobody wanted to put it up to 11 cents, unless you were Spinal Tap, of course. But uh, <laughs> no, um, nobody wanted to go up another penny. So they went up, up 0.9. And if you look at something, and it's the same as anything, if a product in the store is $9.99, you, don't, you think it's $9, you don't think it's 10. Mm-hmm. And so, if the fuel is a dollar thirty point nine, it's a dollar thirty. It's not a dollar thirty one. And 
they don't have to put that point nine in. It's just that nobody wants to be the one to take it off. So yeah. we're stuck. We're stuck with it. It's like free money, and they're fooling our brains all at the same time. Oh yeah, <sighs> yeah. It's uh, it's it, it's just just little things that you know. I, I'm I'm very curious about stuff, and and um, you know, whenever I see something, I, I that's well, I, I got to know why. Like when you go to a gas station and you you fill up your tires with air. Well, it used to be free. Now it's a dollar or it's two dollars. I don't know how much it is out by you, but uh, mm-hmm. where I am, I've seen two dollars. And everyone says, "Well, why are they charging for it?" And besides the fact that well, just because they can, uh, it, it's because when it was free, the gas station had a shop, had a repair shop, and the compressor that ran the tools also ran the air pump. Well, now. Mm. No gas station has a repair shop. They've all got convenience stores in them. And the compressor is only there to run the air pump. And so you're paying for the cost of installing it and maintaining it and fixing it. That's why you have to pay for air. Hmm. That's cool stuff. I remember the very first time I saw one, I pulled in for a, you know, for a little tire fill up and saw that you had to put money. And I was like, what the? No way. And I went driving around the city trying to find one that was free. Uh, because I wasn't going to do it. There's no way I'm paying for air. But as, well, a, as a business water. owner, you kind of look at it. Yeah, well, well, good idea. <laughs> yeah, but you pay for water now, too. You go in the convenience yeah. store, they'll charge you for water. <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. Um, Jill McIntosh writes for all kinds of different organizations. You can see her on driving.ca and all that stuff, too. What are a couple of cars, Jill? Can you give us some insight on a couple of cars that you've been around lately that have really impressed you? You know, I just got out of a Honda Ridgeline. And uh, I love the Ridgeline. I love the Ridgeline. We did a video on it, which is, has yet to pop up on, on my site. But uh, I'll tell you, I, I own a pickup truck. I own two pickup trucks, actually. And uh, the newest one is a 1995. And, and when I bought it, it was the largest half-ton truck you could buy. And now it, 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 when you put it up against the, um, the new ones, it, it, it looks like a midsize. The trucks are just too big. They're, they're, they're stupid big. They're needlessly oversized. And I got in the Ridgeline, and everybody said, well, that's not a real truck because it's based on an SUV and it's all-wheel drive instead of, you know, it's a unibody and everything. But I'm looking at it, and it's the, sa- the Ridgeline is the same as an electric car. If it's the right vehicle for you, then it's going to be the best vehicle on the planet for you. I, right. I, I very seldom, I don't tow anything. I very seldom haul stuff. Same with an electric car. If you're not going to drive it across Canada, if you're just going to take it to work, to the grocery store, it's the right vehicle for you. And we got to stop thinking about the vehicle that's going to be to do everything for everybody. And we got to start looking at the vehicles that do what we need them to do for us. Mm-hmm. Well, the Ridgeline has been, I mean, I wouldn't hesitate to go shopping for an old one. I mean, holy cow, what a vehicle. My buddy Jeff has one. His has got hail damage. He's got a little bit of rust coming through now. The reality is, though, I mean, if you ever, the old school Honda, it's a tank and it'll, the body will rot before the engine dies, sort of old 80s mentality. I mean, that one has stuck with the Ridgeline. You can drive it to death and it might not be pretty anymore, but it'll still work. Oh, yeah. And the new one, actually, the 2021, they, redes- they redesigned it again, gave it a new front end. It's, I mean, it, let, let's be honest, the old ones are kind of homely. But oh, they're ugly, one, though. They, oh, they're ugly. They're ugly. You know, somebody hit it with an ugly stick and then just kept beating on it. But this <laughs> new one, 
this new one, it's a it's a looker. It, it is a really good-looking truck, in addition to the mm-hmm. fact that it's great to drive, and you got that tailgate that opens like a door, and it's not too big, and I'd, I'd buy one. Absolutely, I'd buy yeah. one. You put some uh, put some fancy wheels on those, and you have a real competitor for the Ranger and the Canyon and all those ones. Absolutely. Oh, ab- absolutely. You, you, you can't beat it. And, and, and it's not for everyone. But for what I do with a truck, this thing is absolutely perfect. They have a little stowaway on the bottom of the bed. At least they used to, too. That was pretty awesome. Well, they I just still didn't... do. Yeah, they still nice. do. And, and it's got a drain plug. You can fill it full of ice. And there's even a, a, a stereo in the bed. And it's not speakers. It's actually an exciter. And it, it, uh, what it does is it, it, uh, it vibrates, and, and the entire bed turns into this um, into the speaker cone. And so if you're oh, going wow. to a party, if you're going to a party, you got your music, you got your cooler. What more do you, and, and if you have a little bit too much to drink and you don't drive home, because of course you, you shouldn't, uh, you can open up your sleeping bag and put it in the bed and away you go. Amazing. So you also have, let's take a full circle back to electrics, because you also have had a new electric uh, in your garage for a few days. What was that? Uh, I had the uh, the Kia Nero EV, which the, the Nero also comes as a hybrid and as a plug-in hybrid, but I had it as the, uh, as the pure electric. And again, I mean, it, it, it's it's a great little car to drive. It's it's a it's a little hatchback, little, little station wagon, nice and roomy, and um, it had a, a okay. Right now it's summertime, so you get a longer range. But I had a like four hundred four hundred and twenty five kilometer range on it. It, it has wow. a little, uh, you know, it, it shows you how far you can go on that and where your charging stations are and everything. I, I charged it up halfway through the week, and I didn't even have to do that. And um, it, it's. For, for driving around town or, or, you know, even a longer trip, if you can charge it up somewhere along the way, you know, you you can take it a, a, a considerable distance. How do you like the styling of it? It sort of pinches a little bit. Kia is the best at stealing the, the, the nuances from everybody and putting it into one car. And they, um, they, they kind of steal a little bit of Tesla, but you also see a little bit of sort of Porsche shape to it and sort of some super trendy look to the car. Did you like how it looked? Well, the, this one, uh, I think you're thinking of the EV6 that's coming out. That's the, um, yeah, that's that's the real stylish Tesla-looking one. This one, this one looks more. It's 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 um, sort of Hyundai venue. Little little uh, looks like a Bolt. Um, yeah, li- kind little, of a Ford Escape-looking flavor. Yeah, but smaller. Yeah, the same smaller. idea. I, I mean, it's it's a, it's a handsome little thing. It, it's it's not going to turn heads, but it's it's uh, it's good looking enough. It's good looking enough. Good looking enough. That is how how many of us have gone by for a long time. Oh, I look in the mirror and I say exactly that. I'm good looking enough. Uh, uh, Jill McIntosh, you can find her on driving.ca and many others. Uh, Although, if you are a lady car person, um, you will really appreciate womanonwheels.ca, where Jill and her community celebrate women who love cars, because I, I... I might quote this wrong, Jill, but one of the questions that people will ask is when you pull up in your old Studebaker and stuff like that, oh, nice car, is that yours? And you're like, oh. no, I stole it, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, someone did that last week. I, I pulled into a parking spot and got out and the woman asked me, what is it? It's a Studebaker. What year is it? 1949. I explained the engine and everything. And then she, oh, is it yours? Uh, no, I just, I stole it, but I'm going to stop at the grocery store on the way <laughs> making my getaway. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, got, I've gotten used to it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. 
I guess. Although the community is there, womanonwheels.ca. Jill, thanks so much for touching base. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for asking me, and uh, till next time. It's the Shift Podcast. Technological world with Blaine Kylo, solocore.com, S O L O C O R P S.com. Two questions for you, Blaine Kylo, before we get started in the tech stuff. Number one, have you ever quit a job and, like, in dramatic style, dropped your microphone and walked out? No, I don't have those nerves. I simmer. I, I'm like you. Yeah, you're a slow cooker, eh? Yeah, things. You know, you sit there and it's like, wow, something's not right. And then six months later, it's like, yeah, something's really not right. <laughs> Seven years later, you're like, yeah, I'm feeling it. I wonder. I wonder maybe I should be making a move here. <laughs> That's kind of how I work, too. Although, when you do give your notice, you really don't get any work done anyway. You've already no, given yeah, the, the most dramatic I got was um, – I was leaving Calgary to go to school in the States and I had been working at Safeway for quite a long time. And the day I, the, my last shift of Safeway, I took off the black shoes that we always had to wear and they went into the garbage and I cut the tie that I had been wearing all those years working for Safeway. And I, I actually haven't really worn a tie since. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Blaine Kylo uh, is the uh, coach of the year. How's our team doing? Uh, good. Getting ready for provincials in a week. Nice already. So hey? yeah, it's all it's all tuning up. Well, you, normally this is all done before we get to July, but because of the pandemic, things got pushed a little bit. The fact that we're actually taking teams into provincials is amazing. It just really says a lot with where BC is at. That there's no concern right now. There's high vaccination rates, and of course baseball and fast pitch these are outdoor activities so mm -hmm. lots of space between the players and the other teams and lots of space between the spectators i love it blink kylo we are here to get into the geek that we love so much in the world of tech uh, here in solocore.com let's get started with some games news uh that's uh, canada local vancouver very local yeah, some really fun news, actually. Timber Games is a new studio that's opened in Vancouver by three veterans of the industry. Um, so Joe Nichols, Jeff Coates, and Zoe Kerno, who all have wonderful experience with some of the big AAA studios around town, are the co-founders of Timber Games. And they've connected with Oregon-based Pipework Studios, which is a group that one of the things that people who don't make who don't really know the game industry don't realize is how many people go into making these games and even studios who lead development on games often get help from smaller studios or for studios like pipeworks the whole point of pipeworks is to support the development of other studios games so they'll take on things that studios don't have time for or that they need help with or that they need special expertise for. 
And so Timber Games is actually a, a division of Pipeworks that's going to do original game development, which is really kind of cool. Now, a funny story about Joe Nichols. He, this guy's been around for a while. Uh, through EA, Most recently, he was leading Maxis, which is the EA studio responsible for the Sims franchise. But when I first met Joe, when I first started covering games years ago, it was when EA Sports had come out with this um, Wayne Gretzky hockey for the Nintendo Wii. And they had these little fake hockey sticks that you would put the Wii motion controllers into. And so you would you would simulate actually shooting a puck with a little mini hockey stick that had the controller in it. And that's right. when I met Joe was playing Joe uh, in Nintendo Wii Mar- uh, Wayne Gretzky hockey down at E3 way back whenever that game was released. Um, interesting fact about Joe, I think the guy's nine feet tall. I think he's part giant. <laughs> part giant i remember that i love that about the wii my dad i believe my dad had his knee surgery replacement around that time and we got him the wii with the hockey so he could have the sticks and still play sports while he was doing his rehab yeah it was super fun it was a great use of the wii controllers i thought it was really good and so timber games new thing in vancouver they're hiring right now and it just kind of goes to show that um, one of the things that's really unique about the Vancouver game development scene is people kind of go away and they come back, but people with experience, um, they tend to start new studios all the time. And then those studios will get acquired by bigger companies. And then those people will spin off and start new studios. And so this is just another example of some really smart, really talented people um, seeing an opportunity to do something that they're really passionate about in a new and interesting way. They haven't announced anything in terms of what they're working on, but given the people involved, I think it's going to be fun and interesting. Very cool news off the West Coast. Okay, let's get this clip first. You want Blainer? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The clip. Hello, All right, let's get that. The other veterinarians and I officially request killing cults becomes your top priority, or in other words, murder the bastard now. Every single person here is out to kill me. It's fun. I've been cutting short your meaningless rampages for some time. Oh. It's totally normal. Death is a typical physiological experience in this place. Wow, this typical, is, huh? Yeah, this is so amazing. Deathloop is uh, exclusive to the PS5 in terms of consoles. It will also be available for windows coming from bethesda's arcane studios which has most recently given us the dishonored series of action adventure games and prey which is similar but set in this sort of alien-esque type world the death loop is something completely different it's just full of attitude and character it's one of these new genre of roguelike adventure games we've talked recently about hades and returnal where Part of the game is all about dying over and over and over again. And when you go through these loops, you're learning the game, you're learning the world, you're learning the systems. And the idea is, is that you'll get good enough and you'll understand things well enough and you'll accumulate enough tricks that you can beat the game. Deathloop is exactly like this, except it's got the the same kind of... um, powers that arcane brought to dishonored and prey exist here so you've got a little teleport 
trick that you can use. And you've got this ability to sort of pick up and ragdoll enemies anytime you want. But the real thing that makes Deathloop different from some of the other games that are similar, where you're dying and repeating all the time, is that you've got a particular antagonist that's going up against you. Her name is Juliana. And while you're playing the game as Colt, you'll hear a sound in the game. And the sound is to let you know that Juliana has entered the game space and is now coming after you. Now, Juliana will sometimes be controlled by the game's AI, but sometimes Juliana is just being controlled by another player out there who has decided that they're going to interface with someone else's game as Juliana, and they're coming after you. So that sounds really kind of cool, because then you never really know um, what you're getting. I'm assuming now the way this plays out with everybody playing gets a different Juliana, right? Like, I mean, it's it would be sort of your orbit only? This, we don't really know yet. We kind of know what they're setting up. We don't know mm -hmm. all the details about how this is going to play out. Um, but the game releases on September 14th, and... It's one that I'm looking forward to. You know, it'd be really cool, Blaine, is if you said that you wanted to be Juliana today, like you like if it was an option on your screen, and you clicked it if you wanted to do it, and then you you know you go through your death loop, whatever. Then all of a sudden, you know, I like kind of like a uh, Charlie of the Chocolate Factory, you know, gold ticket goes off, and it's like you get to be Juliana now, and then you just sort of reborn as that character, and and it was so incredibly random. I mean, it would make people stay on the game sort of spinning the proverbial bingo wheel, hoping that they got the chance to do it. That would be cool. To do it. Well, and this is the thing that can make it really interesting because you can learn how a game AI system will play, but you can never learn how anybody out there in the world can play. And so yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a wild card that can really spin the game around. Back in the old days, you used to play a game and you would know that when the little dragon man jumped two times, he was going to step to the left next, and that was your opportunity to get him, right? You had to ride it out, ride it out, wait for the pattern, and then you could you could get it. But I guess that would, you know, AI today obviously being very different, but that would really take that out of the equation. Yeah, exactly. And so there are systems that you do want to learn and you can memorize in exactly that way. But when you've got another person on the other end, it's kind of impossible to memorize what they're going to do. I like that. Okay, let's go into the socials here. What do you got with Twitter? Twitter's done a couple of things, actually, and one that just was announced today that I didn't even have time to prep for. But the, the one that I planned on talking about is last summer, Twitter enabled users to restrict who can comment on their posts, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a conversation setting. So you can restrict um, so that only people you follow can reply to the thing that you've posted, even though everybody in the world might be able to see it. The only people who can reply to it are people you follow or people you've mentioned in your post. Um, but what's changed now is even after you've published that post, you can set that conversation setting. So this is designed for people who might have a tweet of theirs that's gone viral and is getting some like unprecedented and un unwanted attention and they need to control what's going on with that. So you can now retroactively 
Sorry, I think that that's a misspeak. You can't retroactively change the conversation settings because if people have already commented on it, you can't do anything about that. But if mm -hmm. you're finding that a message that you've posted on Twitter is getting attention and comments that you're not comfortable with, you can at any time change the conversation setting for that particular post so you can restrict who can reply. Yeah, from the here other on thing forward, that, right? Yeah, that's yeah, cool. exactly. And the other thing that was announced today is Fleets, which was Twitter's sort of short video things that you could do. Well, they're now gone. Twitter announced today Thank that goodness. that is a feature that they're getting rid of, presumably because not enough people are using it. Um, well, I know so why it happened. You want to know why it happened? Tell me. Andy Barrar started skipping with no shirt on on his Fleets. <laughs> Well, there you go. Everybody <laughs> can uh, blame Andy for shirtless skipping for the disappearance of Twitter fleets. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting that the tone of Twitter's announcement when they announced this was, uh, we're getting rid of fleets, um, we're sorry, and you're welcome. Wow. Well, I never caught on like the the the, the reels and all the other ones that are out there just it's not the not really the platform i think where anybody wants to see that um remind me to tell you about the time where andy showed up here with no shirt on for his his piece on the zoom by the way um <laughs> he does that these days uh where are we going with amazon they've got some new stuff well it's not new in canada and i kind of want to bring it up just because we don't really know what's happening with it in the united states in june they launched this new free service called sidewalk and what it does is it automatically has all of your various Amazon devices connect to all the other Amazon devices, whether you own them or not. So essentially, it's creating this vast mesh network of sorts from all the internet connections that these devices have. So whether you've got an Echo smart speaker or a smart display or a ring surveillance devices, yours, your neighbors, your neighbors' neighbors's they're all connecting to each other with this sidewalk service and they Amazon bills this as a convenience. So, you know, if you're walking through the neighborhood, you can piggyback on any of these things and have your Amazon devices stay connected. If you've got a ring device, that's right at the edge of your Wi-Fi connection that it can actually use your neighbor's Wi-Fi connection briefly so that it can stay connected. And so great convenience is amazing. But the problem with how they rolled it out in the U.S. is even though it's an optional feature, it's an automatic opt-in. And we've talked about this before. The first principle of technology is ask for permission. Don't yeah. assume that you have permission unless people say otherwise. And Amazon has violated that here. So unless you knew that Amazon Sidewalk was going to start sharing your internet connection around with everybody else, you didn't know what to do about that. And yeah. you didn't know how to stop it. I contacted Amazon in May because I wanted to know if they were launching this in Canada. Because while there was talk about the US, nothing was happening in Canada. The company told me that they have nothing to say. I'm assuming that means that they're not rolling out in Canada right now, but we don't know what they have planned. But be prepared. If Amazon Sidewalk comes to Canada, you can control this through your device settings, no matter what Amazon device you have. Blaine Kylo, solocore.com. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you being here as always. You're welcome. We'll talk to you in a week. 
Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.